to the Digging Deeper podcast hosted by 4constructionpros.com and covering various aspects of the construction industry, including the equipment, people, companies, and associations making it all happen. My name is Becky Schultz, editor of Equipment Today, and in this episode, Jacqueline Pruitt, owner of Marbella Steel Placers, shares her struggle for acceptance in one of the hardest trade sectors of the construction industry and how it helped propel her to soon form her own rebar installation company. She also shares her insights on how other women can find opportunity and success in construction. Let's dig in with Jacqueline now. Jacqueline, thank you for joining me today. Just to start us off, could you tell us a little bit about your background and what first got you interested in working in the construction industry? My background, I was a drug and alcohol counselor for about five years prior to getting into construction. And I had a friend that was a carpenter and working on a a large project. I saw her dressed all dirty and I said, what do you do? And she told me. And I said, how much does that make? And she (laughs) told me, and I said, where do I sign up? And she told me. So I went on and applied for a pre-apprenticeship where they showed you all of the trades, anywhere from laying concrete, rebar, plumbing, framing. I pretty much learned just the gist of those industries. And then I went to that school And I got introduced to rebar. They showed me how to tie rebar and I fell in love with that. So from that point on, I was taught how to get into the union, how to become an iron worker. And I went on from there. Took me four months of calling contractors to sponsor me into the iron workers union. But a guy finally let me in. He pretty much sponsored me in gave me work. And he also put in my ear that I'm going to teach you how to start your own contracting company. So that piqued my interest for the contract for my company, starting my company. That was early on. That's really interesting because not many people almost immediately start thinking about forming their own company when they're just getting started into a new industry. No, not at all. I did consider the fact that I was 29 years old going into one of the hardest trades and how long will I be able to carry the rebar? And I took a lot into consideration. I need to get really good and get really smart so that the physical work can decrease over time, meaning I would have to work from my neck up and put myself in a better position for when I got a bit older. It's, I'm not saying that women are weaker, but we have, we do have certain limits. Some of us are super women, but just taking into account my future and longevity in the trade, being a physical for 20 years, starting at 29 may have not been promised. Right. Uh, I had to do extra stuff, but you know, not that it's not possible. I just wanted to make sure that I had other outlets and having my own company has always been something of my interest. Talk about how you ended up moving into that, being able to have your own company. I got into the trade, started going to different jobs. A lot of the guys, they didn't know what to do with a female because it's rare for rebar. There, There's another kind of iron worker, which there are brothers and sisters. They do structural where the machines will do a lot of the work. Not that it's right. not 
as hard because it is equally hard, but the guys that last in our trade don't really last physically as long as the structural guys. We always say the structural guys, are, they're the smart iron workers because, you know, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> they chose the same pay, a uh, little less physically strenuous work. But as far as the, as far as a rebar, I was pretty much, you could call me Molly Maid. I thought about starting my own Molly Maid service because, you know, they, they had me cleaning up stuff. They had me passing out accessories. They had me doing a lot of light work. There was guys that came in afterwards, after I did the younger apprentices in the trades, they immediately let them punk rebar, punk rebars, carrying rebar and do the basic work of our trade while I was treated differently. I used to complain about it. Hey, why does that guy get to go and do work and be taught how to lay rebar and do this, that, and the third? And I was always given the, given the, just blown off in a sense. Sure. And it wasn't until I met a, came across a guy who felt that she wants to be an iron worker. Let her be an iron worker. Let me participate in everything that an iron worker does. And they had me doing stuff like traffic control and other things. This one particular job, it was a very large job. As a matter of fact, it's right up, the building is right across the street from one of our stations that I have a contract with Skanska now. And we actually park in that parking lot. Right? So I built that parking lot as an apprentice. But uh, I was doing traffic control and the, the, the guy, he yelled up top to me and the other traffic control guy. We looked down and there's a bundle of rebar with our name literally wit- written on it with spray paint. Oh, and, uh, really? Yeah, I said Jackie and Alex. Now, Alex was a fairly decent-sized dude. I mean, he, he could play football, be a lineman, okay. and he had been in the trade more. He knew what uh, carrying rebar was. And then not to mention that, we had to carry it across a small bar uh, called a carrier bar. It's uh, probably about a five-eighths five of an inch wide, and it's being held up by our standees. So we're walking across a bar four feet from the ground carrying rebar in pairs, one guy on one end and one on the other. And okay. they, and this guy managed to put me with two of the biggest guys. One was Alex. Another guy was Tumo. Tumo was a big dude. They were both big dudes. They can carry me and the rebar at the same time. And Okay, right. I was going all day. I was going all day. And then the other younger apprentices and other apprentices, there was a couple guys that didn't show up the next day. But I did. I, w- I went home that night, calgoned, rubbed, <laughs> and prayed sure. prayed for some some physical help. And I just said, the least I can do is show up. My arms, my my calves, my everything was next to Charlie Horse, if not Charlie Horse. I showed up, and that guy was like, "Hey, you have a lot of heart," and he made me do it all over again. So that was that was some of the that was my breaking in and that by that time I was halfway through my apprenticeship so it was really no turning back it's like you've done two years of cleaning up and everything and now you're two years away from journeying out which is where you get paid top dollar don't let this break you I felt like I came too far and I only have so much uh, further to go now I've always kept that in my the front forefront of my mind is to just do the work and go home come back the next day, do the work and go home and I'll be able to get to my ultimate goal, which is starting my own company. Once I learned that there's a couple, a handful of women-owned companies and a handful of minority women-owned companies and then pair together, there's even less. 
that I would have what would be known as a disadvantage in the field and advantage as far as contracting wise. Okay. So Marvella Steel Placers, this company, can you tell us a little bit about the company and, and how many people are employed there? What type of work you do perform? Okay, so Marvella Steel Placers is named after my, my, my mother who passed away in 2009. And we furnish and install rebar. We generally work on transportation systems such as train stations and highways, any train, not any train station, shoot, soon to be train stations that you'll be able to, to ride through on the purple line. We have three of those stations and we also have uh, three stations at the regional connector project. So the, those jobs uh, and we did work on the I-15, where if you drive down the 15, anywhere between between the 91 freeway and the 10 freeway, any light poles and overhead signs, and even some of the ground that you're driving on, we've done uh, placed the rebar in that. So it sounds like you've worked on some pretty sizable projects along the way and are currently working on some good sized projects. It can't have been very easy to to get to the point that you're at. And you're still a relatively young company. You given that it's such a male dominated industry and as you said being a woman and not only being a woman but being a my own minority owned business, there had to have been some challenges to get to the point that you're at right now. Yes, I would say most of my challenges happened when I was an apprentice. Oh. Those were the door openers to challenges. Okay, I'm faced with a guy that feels like I shouldn't be out here. Okay, sure. I, there's nothing that I can say to that guy. My work has to show. There's heavy, heavy, heavy rebar that I look at and think I can't pick it up. But it's just a matter of going over and trying and learning how to pick it up and getting with the proper partner that will, we both assist each other in picking the rebar up. People management and personality management or coping or however you want to word that, but it was mainly dealing with personalities, which is something that I've learned to, to bring along with me in the contracting industry. Because come to find out, it's relationships. It's who you know, and then you're given an given an opportunity to do some work, and I do that work, and then the next thing you know, I'm doing more work because one, it's not who I am. It's what I do, what I'm capable of doing, you know? Okay. Right, absolutely. And is it tell us about the company as far as the scope? Do, do you have employees that are working with you on a regular basis? Yes, right now we're average averaging 50 employees. Oh, wow. Okay. And it goes up and down within between 40 and 60 across all of my jobs. As far as a dollar value, I have a contract 150,000 is my smallest contract and the Largest contract is 9.6 million. My mean median projects that I like to do are the one to two million because they're get in, get out in a sense. But those are the ones that that I would like to have. The larger the contract, the longer it is. And of course, the payments are spread out over a large, larger amount of time. Sure. Uh, but the get in and get outs are, are is something that I'm learning to, to look for. As I'm doing this work, I'm able to gauge our, what our capacity is as far as dollar-wise and manpower-wise. So it, clearly you've 
kind of forged your own path and a kind of a unique path within the construction industry. I, I guess the question I have is, what what keeps you going? <laughs> what gets you up out of bed every morning and, and keeps you passionate about what you're doing? And how do you, inst- you know, perceive instilling that kind of passion in other women who might be looking for careers in construction or who are just essentially kind of like you looking for a better opportunity? Well, another thing that I learned from the apprenticeship, I, I felt like the apprenticeship was where I had the opportunity to learn about the trade and the people that make it up. I went out, it was a culture shock for me to go from being a primary counselor with 20 women on my case, 20 women on my caseload that I had to manage within a 40 hour period to, to outside in the open with guys cussing and yelling. And it was a, it was a, a culture shock. I had to go from not exciting someone's emotions to we have to get excited about this emotionally to get the job done. So I learned when that job that I was uh, telling you about my first time actually being an iron worker and I was halfway through, one thing that I've taken is to keep going, keep showing up and keep going. And when provided the opportunity do the best that I can to fulfill whatever it is that I need to do. So that is pretty much what keeps me going. It's like I had an idea that I wanted to start a company and I did the, let's call it grunt work and the footwork. And then when I, I journeyed out, I did, I studied for the contractor's license test for a year. I set small goals for myself. And that is what something that I continue to do as an owner. My first job that I bid it on was $3,700. That was my very first one. And I got it. It kind of put uh, confidence in me. And at the same time, without being a being a uh, financial strain, I was able to cover that job and pay my workers and do the work and also get a taste of. And then it helps me every job that I do or every day doing a job is something learned that I take from it and I grow from it. And it also allows me to set goals and set up systems and just keep going. I'm always up for a challenge. And I never say that there's something that I can't do until I've tried it. And if I can't do it, then I can gauge whether or not I can try it again. I don't want to set myself up and say that things are not possible because I'm pretty sure there were a lot of guys that put in bets saying that she's going to make it and she's not going to make it. I probably made some people some money. I bet you did. (laughs) Yeah. And I wish they would give me a cut. But besides that, I'm always setting goals. I think so long as we have something to do and something to look forward to, then that's what will keep us going. I'm not going to say that I have sponsored in more women than probably all the companies combined, because I really don't know how many women the other companies have sponsored in, but I've made, I make it my thing to, to sponsor in women prior to sponsoring it, sponsoring them in, I give them a taste of what they will potentially be looking forward to so that they're not blindsided. Like I was on a bridge deck with bars bigger than me. I was 115 pounds when I got in. There's bars that were heavier than me. So that just to better the opportunity and give the opportunity to others, uh, especially other women, because we we do not have a lot of women. It's You have to like the work 
And you also have to be able to deal with the personalities, which like I said before, that was the hardest thing. I'll lift as much rebar as you want me to and put it wherever you want me to, but the personalities and uh, the differences in opinions from others was the hardest pill to swallow. I can imagine it really was. Your story is really very inspiring and it's really encouraging as far as the opportunities that are available if you really want to work hard towards it. Is there anything else that you would like to share about that you feel might help to encourage other women to to consider careers in construction, whether it be taking a path similar to what you did in a specific trade or in other aspects of the industry that are available? Anything else that that you've maybe even lessons learned along the way that you think might help them along that path? I would say that if you're up for a challenge, construction is definitely a good place to go and face many challenges, whether it be physical or mental and even emotionally. There's a lot of challenges. I've learned how to deal with men, which I just normally didn't deal with men. I have an older brother and a dad, and that was probably the gist of guys being in my life. Now I can say there are a lot of men that, that that I'm now friends, or they're my brothers and I'm their sister. Eight hours days work is eight hours days paid. Pretty much it's, there's a saying, and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but eight hours goes by really fast to me when you're doing something. And the compensation that is provided through local, our local, is very rewarding. One, I get to say, hey, I ran with those guys. I carried rebar. And even to the point where I ran that job, I built that building. And then the pay and the benefits that go along with it to be able to live a different life than what I was living when I was a counselor. Those are things that also kept me going and could potentially be goals for other women. I would say that you never know what you can do until you try it. And there's so many different trades. There's electricians, there's plumbing, there's uh, wood framing, metal framing. There's so many different trades that it's There's something for everyone, if you ask me, from the laborers to the carpenters to the pile drivers. And I see women doing participate in these other trades, as well as there's a couple of women in our local that do it with ease. So it's not like it's a man only job. It's just that if you're attracted to hard work and learning something and then also being able to or actually wanting to produce something and being able to drive by it and say, hey, I built that. Every time you drive by it, I drive my family crazy. Hey, I built that. <laughs> we drive by it every day. Hey, I built that. It's the pride and being able to take pride in doing something and it being a finished, seeing the finished product. So that's, if you're, if that's something you're looking for, then of course, construction is, is the place to be. Yeah, it, it definitely sounds like um, some great advice on your from what you've shared. And definitely your story is a great example of what can be accomplished if you're willing to put a little uh, energy and effort into it. So Jacqueline, I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. And I, I want to thank you for joining us. Well, that's it for this edition of Digging Deeper. Thank you to Jacqueline Pruitt at Marbella Steel Placers for taking the time to talk with us today. 
Tune in every week for another episode of the Digging Deeper podcast by 4constructionpros.com. You keep listening, we'll keep digging. Until next time.